Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and this is your weekly astrology forecast for the week of July 15th through the 21st. I have a lot of things to get through this week. Uh, a couple of the highlights um, in the beginning here are we have a full moon lunar eclipse happening, kind of a, a, a big one here on Tuesday um, over the Cancer Capricorn axis. Um, we also have a very fast Venus making uh, a, a number of oppositions with that Saturn Pluto uh, kerfuffery <laughs> in the sign of uh, Capricorn, um, Venus being in Cancer and opposing all of those planets in Capricorn. And then we have a very slow Mercury that is retrograding right now back into the sign of Cancer and making its inferior conjunction with the Sun, which is the beginning of its new synodic cycle. So I'll explain all of that in a little bit more depth as we go along today. Uh, but that's kind of the, the overview of the week. Now, if you're watching this at the beginning of the week or at the end of the weekend here on Sunday, um, we've just been going through a Sun-Pluto opposition over the Cancer-Capricorn axis and uh, probably some, some power dynamics that have come up this weekend. We're seeing a lot of this come up in the news um, with a lot of you know things bubbling up from underneath uh, long buried things. I think there, there's a story in the news right now about um, a young girl's bones that were buried in the catacombs of the Vatican. Um, and that seems very sun opposite Pluto to me right now, just kind of digging into the depths of things to shine some light on something that may have been long buried or something that was uh, lost to the, the annuals of history. Um, so we're recovering from that this week and kind of seeing how we're moving forward with the new, the new realizations that we're coming to through shining the light on the, on the underworld or in the darkness. So let's start out with Monday. And I'm going to share my screen. And on Monday, we are starting out with the moon in Capricorn. And I like to, every, every time I do one of these videos, I like to take us on a tour of the aspects that the moon is going to make because the moon is that, that trigger point that's going to be activating all of these different planetary energies and kind of being the, um, oh, I like to call it the, the cylinder of the music box with the little, little pins on it that are striking the tuned keys. So we always want to pay attention to the moon if we're doing like a, a, a weekly forecast type of thing. Of course, there are going to be other aspects of slower moving planets that are going to be perfecting as well. But the moon is, um, you know, I'm a Cancer sun, so I, I feel a, a, an affinity with the moon. So here we go, Monday. Moon is in Capricorn. Moon is said to be in its fall or its depression in Capricorn. So one of the things we like to discuss on these weekly forecasts is the condition of a planet and how well that's going to allow the planet to function or operate, excuse me, within, within its, uh, you know, using its significations and, and its available resources. So when the moon's in Capricorn, it's in the domicile of Saturn, and it is a little bit difficult placement for the moon. A lot of the nurturing... Um, growth instincts that are associated with the moon have difficulty coming to fruition. Uh, the moon is associated with light. Saturn is associated with darkness. Uh, this particular lunation, though, we have Saturn um, co-present with the moon. So this, this may be, you know, 
really feel kind of like a heavy heavy lunation here when we have Saturn co-present with the moon you know Saturn uh, exerting its its I don't know its dominance because it's in a, a much stronger position um, maybe feeling a weight or heaviness to the to the lunar beginning of our week here um, the moon is right now in, in on Monday uh, the 15th going to be uh, in a gibbous phase one of the things I like to talk about too is is uh, the eightfold lunation phase that was put forth by authors like uh, Dane Ridyar and Demetra George, and that the gibbous phase is when the the moon is 135 degrees to 100 degree 180 degrees ahead of the sun in the zodiac, and this is our build up to the full moon that's happening on Tuesday. So what we're going to look at with the gibbous phase on Monday is a, a refinement quality. There's going to be something where we are experiencing a perfecting of some of the challenges that we experienced at the first quarter moon last week. Now all the crises that came up, we're kind of learning from that and making adjustments. So Monday is still an adjustment period before the flowering phase of the full moon where everything kind of comes to light and we're seeing things in a, in a dichotomy of opposites with the, the sun in Cancer and the moon in Capricorn. Now we're going to just start to get a taste of this on Monday because we're going to feel that energy beginning um, as the moon moves into the sign of Capricorn and makes a whole sign aspect with the sun and with Venus over in Cancer. So, you know, it kind of it gets rolled out in stages. My understanding with the Hellenistic aspect theory is we have kind of a, you know this kind of buildup where when, when they first are appearing in the signs that see one another or aspect one another, um, we're coming, becoming aware of, of the other planet or the other deity. Um, so the moon is having an awareness now of the sun and, and Venus. But as she moves closer to that opposition, they're going to start to engage with one another and have a conversation or an argument or, or however you want to think about it. Um, so Monday, we're going to see uh, a, a trine happening uh, early in the day between um, the moon and Uranus. So we can see here that we've got this trine aspect, which is of the nature of Jupiter. Okay, so we've got a trine aspect here. And I'll make the little Jupiter, Jupiter glyph here as well. So it's the nature of Jupiter, uh, which means that that is a, a fairly productive conversation that's happening between the moon and Uranus. Uh, there may be some new um, strategies that are you're implementing and, and bringing out into the light. It may be triggering that point of, of elemental change that Uranus has been helping us with over the last few months and through the years ahead. So every time the moon is triggering Uranus, it's a good time to start practicing some kind of new, new restructuring within your support systems and your uh, earthy substance kind of um, support, I guess, and support, I've said support too many times here, but it's kind of like the structures that, that hold up the foundations of our life. And we're, ha we're being asked to uh, reevaluate what those are and kind of break down the old ones and be innovative in creating the new structures that are going to support us moving forward. So that may be something that comes up in the beginning of the day here as we make a, a trine between the moon and Uranus. Um, the other thing that's going on at this point 
is the moon is said to be going underneath the bond. And this is a, a condition that we see when the moon is within 15 degrees of either side of either a conjunction or an opposition. And when the moon is under the bond, so we see we've got an opposition here, and that is said to be of the nature of Saturn. If the trine was of the nature of Jupiter, this is the nature of Saturn, the, great, the greater malefic, okay? There we go, there's my, my crazy Saturn glyph. Um, and the moon is said to be really weakened when it's under the bond. It's, it's kind of in this hidden phase where it's, it's not able to bring about its best self or its best significations. It has more difficulty with lunar type of experiences, which are related to the body, um, also related to growth and nurturing. So if you're having some physical complaints uh, early in the week, um, some of that may be due to the moon being in a weakened state. Uh, being in a sign that it's not super comfortable in, but also being under the bond and, and getting some kind of gnarly rays from, from, the, from the sun. Generally, the sun is a vital life-giving force, uh, but when something gets too close to the sun, either by conjunction or by opposition, it's said to be, become very malefic and very heated. So we get too hot and it's like you've been out in the sun too long and you're starting to bake and your skin gets all red and you get burned. Um, you're not really allowed to be too close to the king and, and the sun was the king in the, um, in the ancient system. So that's something we're going to be experiencing in the beginning of the day. The other thing that we're going to be looking at uh, over the course of the beginning of the week here is that Venus is going to be moving into an, an opposition with Saturn. Hold on, I'm trying to get my thing rolling here. There we go. Okay. So you can see as we move forward, uh, Venus is going to be kind of perfecting into an opposition with Saturn. All right. Now, I've said that uh, as Venus, there's a couple things we should talk about with Venus. So first of all, we've got Venus coming into her opposition with Saturn. And at this point on Monday, it is in a, a condition um, called Sunafe, which is a, a connection. So it's within three degrees of the opposition. So they're, they're really starting to have a, a, a tense conversation with one another. And of course, Venus is associated with desire, with beautification, um, with women, with... Um, relationships with harmonizing with ritual uh, with the goddess so there may be things associated with with women in general uh, that we're seeing in the news that may come up that are running into that brick wall of Saturn and Capricorn that we've been experiencing with Mercury and Mars and the Sun last week um, was the Sun particular in the last week and those other planets in the, the weeks beforehand. And now it's Venus's turn to go through all of the, that very difficult opposing energy. Um, so that's one thing that's happening with Venus. The other thing that's happening with Venus is Venus has just made in the last week what's called its morning set. And what that means, this is part of the synodic cycle of Venus where she is uh, she is going underneath the beams of the sun. So this is a condition where 
when a planet moves within 15 degrees of the sun, just like the moon did sort of when it was under the bond, when a planet like Mercury or Venus goes within 15 degrees of the sun and, and really any other planet, um, it's said to be under the beams and in this lying hidden phase um, where it is, it's, it's hidden underneath the, the shining brightness of the sun and a lot of the significations with Venus are happening more in secret. Uh, because Venus is direct right now and heading towards what is called her superior conjunction, all right, where she, where she is going back into the furnace to be uh, reborn, so to speak, and get cleansed in the fires of, of the sun um, with her Kazemi, which is when it's, when it's conjunct, when it's exact. Um, we're going to see Venus making this morning set and moving very quickly as it moves towards that superior conjunction. Now, when, when a, a planet like Venus or Mercury is going the opposite direction into the inferior conjunction this way, okay, the, the superior conjunction is always coming in zodiacal order uh, where the, the planet Venus is moving in zodiacal order into the conjunction with the sun, whereas Mercury is going to be moving backwards into a conjunction in the sun through the zodiac. And when a planet is moving in the inferior conjunction, it's moving really slow. So that's really one of the big dichotomies of our week is Venus matters are moving at this like light speed pace, but mercurial matters are slowing to a halt. Um, and that's going to be really an interesting dynamic this week as we move into the eclipse. So that's one thing I want you to watch out for. The other thing I wanted to talk about with Venus um, at the beginning here is that uh, we always want to talk about the, the planets and what condition they have by essential dignity. And what that means is essential dignity is, is kind of um, the resources that a planet has based on what sign it's in. And we say that these are like temples or domiciles for the, for the deities. And when they're in their own domicile, they have access to all their own resources and things like that. And when they're in the exile or, or depression, they're they're really cut off from those, those resources or they're more difficult to, to get in contact with. Uh, now, Venus has a, a, a one essential dignity in the sign of cancer, uh, which is a water sign called triplicity. And what triplicity is, is a set of, of rulers that change whether the planet is uh, in, in the daytime sect or the nighttime sect and it's a different type of, um, I guess, power for that planet. If, if domicile was like access to resources, the way that I've heard triplicity described from various authors is twofold. One from Demetra George in her um, book, uh, Ancient Astrology um, and In Theory and Practice, uh, is communal support. So Venus during the day since Venus is the day ruler of the water triplicity during the day, has more community support during the daytime hours. Uh, at night, Mars becomes the triplicity ruler of, of Venus in this particular arrangement of water signs in general. So Venus might not have as much support in the, in the evening hours. I'm kind of making a conjecture there that, that kind of that's how it works. It's like Venus is kind of empowered during the day at this point, and, and might not have as much um, stuff going on at night, even though Venus is of the night sect, so she might actually you know, enjoy being 
in the, in the nocturnal hours a little bit more, but she may not have that, that communal support as much in the evening hours. Kind of a guess that I'm making, but test it out for yourself and see if it works for you this week. Uh, I think the other thing that we talk about with that is that uh, Venus is going to... Um, Venus at, in the daytime gains that communal support, but she's also, according to some of the ancient authors and Robert Schmidt, gaining uh, po the power of the winds during the day. That was another way of thinking of triplicity. It was, they were associated with the four directional winds. And this is coming from a, a, a metaphor associated with, with, with ships and sailing, sailing metaphors, where a lot of the Hellenistic system was very much closely linked to, to oceanic travel. And we can see that there may be the winds blowing uh, support for the sails. So it's kind of like that communal support could be thought of as uh, a gust of generous wind helping to move Venusian matters forward uh, and bring them into fruition. So that's something to keep your eye out for as we move into the beginning of the week. And it may be more beneficial to do your, your Venusian matters or your, your Venus business or your Aphrodite, uh, I don't know, businesses during the day because she might have more, more support at that point. Okay. So that's our, my little Venus digression here. Let's, uh, let's move forward. So as we move into Tuesday, let's move a little forward and we see that we have that trine between the moon and Uranus. But now as we're moving into Tuesday, we're starting to see the moon apply to a conjunction with Saturn and we're going to be moving forward into more of that opposition with the sun as we as we gain steam towards the lunar eclipse okay so it's it gets really tight the moon with saturn in the evening hours of of monday and in the very early hours of tuesday we're going to see the moon make an opposition with venus okay so they are sectmates, the moon and Venus, so they are playing for the same political team. But we've got this conjunction happening here with the moon and Saturn opposing Venus. All right. So to me, when we have a, a Capricorn moon, things get serious. You know, the conversations take a more somber tone. We may be thinking more about um, consolidation, getting rid of things. How do we, um, you know, get rid of the excess? You know, it's, it's got that Saturn has that quality of uh, entropy. So it's the, it's, Saturn's associated with time. And one of the things that we see with, with time in general is that time is something that helps things grow and time is something that helps things decay. So I think that that's one of the things that we're going to be seeing is, you know, what is, what is decaying at this point? And we are finding that this is going to be the fruition of what we started at that new moon on uh, July the 2nd. So we've got kind of a, a peak energetic moment that was began around that new moon uh, solar eclipse. And now we're going to have moving into a lunar eclipse. Now, 
we're going to see the opposition to Venus happening really like around 12.42 a.m. on the 16th. Uh, we are going to see the conjunction with Saturn in the very wee hours, 3.18 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm on uh, in the Midwest, but I have, I'm on East Coast time here in America. And then very early in the morning, we'll see a sextile with um, Neptune at 18 degrees. Okay, there we go. So there's our sextile with Neptune. 18 degrees Capricorn and 18 degrees Pisces. So that's a beneficial aspect. But a lot of these are happening if you're in the same time zone as me when we're sleeping, but that may not be necessarily true if you're in a different time zone. Now, a couple things that we'll do right away is we'll uh, wish a happy birthday on the 16th to both Will Ferrell and Phoebe Cates. Um, <laughs> Will Ferrell, the comedian, um, and Phoebe Cates, a well-known 80s actress who's getting maybe having a little bit of a moment because she's been mentioned in the Netflix series Stranger Things as with uh, Dustin, the um, the gentleman who went away to summer camp and, and had a, I don't know if it was an imaginary girlfriend or whatnot, but he was saying that she was more beautiful than Phoebe Cates. So it's both of their birthdays. So if you're watching Stranger Things, um, give a shout out to Phoebe Cates and uh, it's going to be an interesting year, I think, for both of them because they're having their birthdays on a lunar eclipse. And it's probably going to be um, really interesting to watch both of their, both of their careers or, or the energies in their life unfold over the, over the next year because of the, the, really the closeness of this eclipse happening on their birthday. Um, it's also my, my teacher's birthday, Adam Ellenboss, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. Hope everybody is okay and and things work out. It's uh, interesting times for sure. All right. So we have that, that sextile with uh, the moon and Neptune in the early hours there. And then the moon's going to start moving into a conjunction with Pluto. All right. So we've seen the moon start to move through Capricorn uh, into passing over Pluto again. And as we've, you know, become aware of our limitations with the moon coming into a conjunction with Saturn. It's going to be then conjoining Pluto and figuring out, all right, what needs to change and what needs to transform? How are we going to move forward with this energy? And what decisions do we have to make around that? Uh, I happen to have a dentist appointment uh, on Monday, right around this time. So we'll see. It's going to be a progress report from my last dentist appointment in the eclipse season around at the beginning of January. Um, if you aren't familiar with that story, I chipped a wisdom tooth and um, decided to try to heal it naturally with, um, you know, changing my diet and different uh, health, health routines with my teeth and um, remineral, like doing a remineralization kind of protocol. And I guess we'll get a progress report and see if, uh, see if it worked and everything's okay or if I have to take a different step. Um, so far, everything feels pretty good. I, I don't really have any pain or anything like that, but we'll see what happens. Um, interesting how these things kind of have a timing factor, uh, whereas we initiate one set of uh, circumstances and then things will come to fruition six months later at the next set of eclipses around the same sign. So we have the new moon that was in Capricorn around, I believe, January 5th, and now we're having a full moon in the same area of the zodiac uh, on July the 16th. So it's a really big chapter marker that we're going to be experiencing. I want to show you a little bit about the two cards associated with 
the area of the zodiac that the moon and the sun are going to be uh, occupying during this eclipse cycle. Now, at the lunar full moon eclipse, which is going to be happening at 5.38 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Earth passes between the sun and the moon, and the, it's going to be blocking the lunar rays. So it's kind of like we have a, the instinctual wisdom of the body is going to be blocked. You know, this was something I learned from Demetra George's book, Astrology and the Authentic Self. She's like, okay, the lunar instinct is going to be, the, the switch is going to be flipped off, okay? And this is, this is something that happened at the solar eclipse too, but it was the solar energies that were being eclipsed and turned off. Those are rational faculties that were getting kind of a power outage, okay? Now it's the lunar qualities. So this may be something where we may feel weakened in the body. There may be something going out with, with bodily matters because the body is so associated with the moon. We may have our emotional uh, instinctive nature almost cut off to a certain degree. So it may allow us to take an action that we normally would not if we had, uh, if we, you know, were allowed to operate without fear. Okay. I think that that may be something that, that happens as well. Um, a little disclaimer that I like to put out there that I hear from some of the people in the know, if you're into crystals and charging your crystals and, and things of that nature, not a great idea to do it during an eclipse. In the, in the ancient times, eclipses were not like super awesome things. Uh, basically, when you were seeing an eclipse, um, you were like, oh my God, what the hell is happening? The sun or the moon is disappearing, and that's pretty scary. And of course, we've talked about in the past that eclipses were associated in the Indian tradition or the Vedic tradition or Jyotisha with... Um, the, the head and the tail of the dragon, the north and the south node, where the moon and the sun cross the ecliptic plane here. It's kind of like this, you know, little crossing path. And that's what, you know, that's where we normally find eclipses along, along those nodal paths. And they thought of this dark planet, they, they thought of them as like planets or, or, or a point in the sky uh, or the head or the tail of the dragon swallowing up the light. And that was a scary thing. That was something where the, the light is the, the vital life-giving force um, for everything on the planet. And when it disappears, uh, that, is, that is not a very um, auspicious kind of thing. So uh, don't put your crystals out on the windowsill during this time. Um, maybe wait for the next cycle to do all of that. Uh, if you're into astrological remediation the beautiful folks over at sphere and sundry have some some really cool articles up about how to um give thanks to rahu and k2 and and rituals associated with that um that's pretty neat i like reading about that uh that of course is uh, caitlin Kopic, and then I talk a lot about um austin Kopic's work with the deccans so pretty cool pretty cool folks that are in the know um, so let's talk about that a little bit, switching gears here to the Deccans. Uh, the, the placement of the sun right now, and I will stop my share for just a second so you can see this. Um, we have the, the axis we're working through is the four of cups and the four of pentacles. So the sun is going to be at 24 degrees cancer. 
which is associated with the moon ruled Deccan uh, of Cancer and the Four of Cups in the Tarot. Whereas the moon is going to be passing through uh, Capricorn 3, which is the third Deccan of Capricorn. Uh, it is a sun ruled Deccan, according to the Chaldean order of the planets. And it is associated with the Four of Pentacles. Now, we have some really interesting imagery here. Uh, one where we see a figure seated under a tree with three cups in front of him and a fourth cup being offered from a, a cloud from the sky, from spirit. And he has his hands folded and almost like he's refusing the fourth cup from spirit. Whereas in the other card, we see a figure with his feet firmly seated on a throne uh, where his feet are firmly planted on two pentacles. He has one pentacle uh, weighing down on his on his head, and he is holding one very um, very tightly in his arms. So we have this kind of like covetousness with the pentacles, and this kind of refusal energy happening with the cups. And one of the things that Austin says in his book Thirty Six Faces is he, he's talking about uh, luxury and the overabundance. Uh, that is happening in the third decan of cancer. And it's like the energy of that is figuring out what to do with some of the excess that we may be um, coming in contact with. It's the summertime. Things are growing. Uh, everything is like, you know, we've got, I don't know, I, I don't know about you, but my my lovely daughter is doing an internship at a at a gardening nonprofit. And she brings home bags and bags and bags of of food every week and it's kind of like we have to make a decision well do we have room for all this uh kale <laughs> do we have room for all the uh for all the um collard greens and things like that and it, it's it's almost like how do we keep up with eating all of it and that may be part of the energy that you're experiencing within this the other thing to consider with this card is that uh when we have an abundance there is a, a dichotomy of, of other people having a lack. So we happen to be very fortunate in our household right now that we have enough to eat and we have everything that we need. But there may be other people out there that may not have enough and we have to think about what are we going to do with our good fortune? Are we going to pay it forward or, or are we going to hold on to it in this covetous nature like this other figure in the, in the moon ruled card of the Four of Pentacles? This is where we're sitting on the throne. We've consolidated all our resources and we may be holding an, uh, too tightly of a grip on what we think belongs to us or, or the power that we feel that is um, due to us. And it, and it is associated with power. I mean, every time, anytime we have something associated with the sun, we have issues of authority and things like that. So I think there's going to be some kind of um, challenge when it comes to how do you uh, how do you deal with your resources? How do you deal with the power that you've accumulated? And how can you um, either let it keep continuing to flow, your resources to flow, or what do you need to hang on to? I, I think that there's, a, there's a, a real need right now to let go of things. And this is a, so because we're seeing Saturn, the Moon, and Pluto all conjoining the South Node. And we may be experiencing a point in time where 
you know, the South Node is, is, is the great anus of the universe, right? It's the tail of the dragon where we're processing things and expelling them. So look at the area of your chart that is Capricorn ruled. And for everybody, it's going to be a little bit differently. Uh, get your rising sign and then, you know, look at the house that's ruled by Capricorn and see what needs to go. Um, you know, just a personal example, it's I'm a Leo ascendant, so Capricorn falls in the sixth house. So there, there needed to be some sort of change to my um, daily routine, to the way that I provide service for people, uh, to the way that I, uh, the discipline necessary to maybe overcome a, a health challenge. Um, and it could possibly manifest as the need to let go of a tooth. That is a possibility. It could be that I, whatever I'm doing is not necessarily uh, working. And I have to come to terms with the reality that that tooth needs to be pulled. I hope that's not the case. And I'll update you on that later. But uh, maybe not. Maybe I'll get a progress report saying, hey, good job. You know, you're doing all the right stuff. We'll see. But think about what needs to stay and what needs to go. Okay. That, that, I think that's really a lot of the dichotomy of what, of what we're going to see in, this, in this, uh, this lunation phase. All right. Um, another thing that we could talk about with triplicity rulers is the the moon is going to have uh, triplicity in the evening when the moon is in Capricorn. So that's like the moon has communal support and the wind at its back during the nighttime. Uh, so so consider that when we see that yes, the moon is going to be in its depression or in its fall or at its like lowest point within the wheel of fortune. Whereas an exaltation would be at the high point of that wheel. You see the spinning around of it. Um, so your, your body may be at its lowest point or something associated with the moon. Um, but there is communal support to fixing it. And there is communal support to moving forward and you know, ret the return of the light and the return of the cycle and the upward movement. So consider that when you're going through this, this lunation. So that's Tuesday, and that's, there's some big stuff going on on Tuesday. That's a lot of stuff. Good luck, Will Farrell, Phoebe Cates, Adam Ellenboss, and myself. <laughs> like, um, I'll look back on this and be able to see what, what was going on. Um, the other thing that we are experiencing, I'll show my, share my screen here again. Um, yeah, and, and I'm a little different than Adam. I don't really care. You want to give me some advice on, in the comments? That's cool. <laughs> he has like he has his wife, the herbalist, and his uh, mom, the nurse, giving him all sorts of like you know uh, medical advice. So he's like, don't don't give me any medical advice in the comments. But I don't care. Whatever. If you got something cool, have at it. Just within reason, right? Um, anyway, as we move forward into Wednesday. Okay, we see that we're gonna. The moon's gonna pass through that opposition, uh, first the conjunction with with uh, Pluto, and then the opposition with the Sun. Okay, there you go. It's exact around you know five thirty eight p.m. And then it's gonna be just moving through its its end of uh, Capricorn here, not really making any important aspects after that. Uh, and as we move into the morning of Wednesday the day of Mercury or Hermes, we are going to see the perfection, okay, perfection 
of Venus opposite Saturn. And this is actually happening in the second decans of Cancer and Capricorn. And we've talked about that a little bit in the past, if you want to look up some of our other videos. But you see we have an opposition here, perfecting in the very early hours of Wednesday morning, that opposition between Venus and Saturn. And of course, the second decan of Cancer was associated with the Three of Cups, which showed three ladies in so excuse me, in celebration, um, holding up, toasting each other, and uh, was associated with the walled garden or some kind of growth that happened within a protected space. Whereas the second decan of Capricorn is associated with the Three of Pentacles, where we have a meeting ground of three figures looking over plans. Um, Austin calls it the pyramid. And they are, they're looking over plans to building some sort of ornate structure. So it's kind of that, that balance that we're trying to strike between grow, private growth and personal growth and protecting our very sensitive um, hothouse flowers, he likes to say, or uh, the plan part being teaming up with other people and having a plan moving forward. Uh, so that's something we may see with Venus now going through that opposition with a retrograded Saturn. So what does that mean? Well, one of the words, the vocabulary words of the day is uh, kakosis, K-A-K-O-S-I-S. And that means ill treatment, oppression, suffering, or distress, uh, or according to Demetra George, maltreatment and other, other authors like Chris Brennan and, and, and folks like that who are teaching Hellenistic techniques. I want to keep mentioning all of them. We've got a really good set of people who are teaching a lot of these techniques, Chris Brennan, Demetra George, of course, Robert Schmidt's work, um, people like Ben Dykes are adding to the field, and I want to make sure they all get shout-outs shout and, and know that they're all doing great work, and I'm giving you a thumbs up because uh, I know I wouldn't be here right now doing this if it weren't for all of you, so I'm going to give you some thumbs up. Uh, so anyway, maltreatment, cocosis, uh, that was associated with the evil eye. Uh, if we think of aspects as, as visual, um, Greek visual theory, where, where a ray is cast out from the eye and then bounces back from the object, uh, which is not that unlike how it happens, but you know they had a slightly different way of thinking about optical theory. Um, we can think of this, this uh, connection with a, with a malefic planet like Saturn or Mars as like an evil eye ray. Like, you, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know if you remember, like, com the show Community. They had, like, Forrest Whitaker eye, <laughs> like, where he's, like, they're, they're given the evil eye, and that was how they, they started a, a battle. <laughs> um, so so that's, uh, that's one, one way to think about it. Um, yeah, and, and what we're, we're, we're going to be seeing is, is Venus running headlong into the brick wall of Saturn here. And some of her significations are going to really be kind of under the, under the, um, under the thumb or, or the fist, the iron fist of, of Saturn. So this may be a reckoning moment within your relationships, uh, within your ability to create harmony in the, in the, in the domestic sphere. Um, you may be really running across some, some real tough conversations that you have to have within your relationships and within your family and within you know, how, how your family is going to connect with your external um, operations. So have the conversation, 
The way it may also work in the opposite too is Venus may be bringing a little bit of harmonization to Saturn. So it may be softening Saturn's rough edges as well. That's called bonification. And I'm not exactly sure if it works both ways like that. I think it does, but that's a question that if you have a better answer on that, let me know in the comment section. Um, you know, I like to think that we're all still students of astrology and, and there's going to be concepts that I'm still testing out in these videos, but getting a real command of that language takes time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I like to say uh, I reserve the right to be wrong. That's one of my favorite phrases with astrology right now is, and, and this is something I learned from the great Rob Hand, another person we owe a, a debt of gratitude to. Um, he wrote that in his book, um, Horoscope Symbols, back in 1981. He's reserving the right to be wrong and to change his mind. So I'm going to take liberties with that as well. So uh, when we see this Venus opposition happening, we're going to move through that. And some of the imagery that I pulled out from a, another cool book called The Archetypal Universe by a guy named Ren Butler was the, the star-crossed lovers. So this was you know, associated with Romeo and Juliet and kind of like they, they have this desire to be together, but there's really something that you know, is getting in the way. And when we talk about Romeo and Juliet, what was getting in the way is that they came from these rival families. They came from these different backgrounds that really was standing in the way of their, of their connection and their union. So there may be something that, that's going on like that this week at the beginning of the, or the middle of the week here with Venus opposing Saturn. Um, I would really recommend not drinking a bunch of hemlock poison. Um, that's probably not the way to resolve your conflict. Um, I believe that talking it out and having, again, having patience. Um, you're not going to wear Saturn down uh, without the, the quality of time. So I think that one of the things that you may want to do is if you're coming across a Venusian matter that is really feeling like you're at the roadblock or you're not allowed to be with the thing that you desire most, uh, don't take some sort of rash action around it. Um, that's kind of the lesson of Romeo and Juliet, right? One of them was like, oh my God, the person's dead when they weren't really dead. And then the other person uh, you know, took the poison and actually died and believe that then the other one committed suicide. I don't know. It's been a while since I've you know, gotten familiar with my Shakespeare. Uh, but it was a miscommunication, I think, that, that was involved there. And that's really important with some of this uh, Mercury retrograde stuff, too, is the communication that you may be experiencing with people is still tied up with Mars and, and Leo. And there may be some, some rash communications and rash words that are being exchanged between one another. And it's important not to get too bent out of shape about the types of conversations. I really in, encourage you to clarify, clarify, clarify. If you don't really understand what the implications of something that someone says are, ask a question. It is absolutely okay for you to say, you know what, I, that's, I hear this, but I'm, not, I'm feeling an emotional block around that. Can you maybe clarify what you really mean? Because what they say and what they mean or what you hear may be very different. Um, so I think that this is one of the things, to, ways to get through this because we may be hearing something that is very colored by our subjective desires, Venus in Cancer and Mercury in Leo, of course. 
And we may not really be hearing the truth of the matter because we are hearing kind of what we what we want to hear. And we need to really get that clarification um, through having a conversation. A lot of the times when you have an opposition, it really forces you to, to have a conversation or a confrontation with something. And I would just encourage you to use all of your good patient skills and all of your um, all of your nurturing abilities to realize that growth is a slow process and that you don't have to do it all at once. This is really the big lesson of Saturn and Capricorn too. Um, you know, another little personal anecdote, my daughter's a swimmer and um, today I'm recording this on Saturday. She won a relay race where she helped her team come from behind and, and uh, win the race. And it's really, really interesting to see. And she's a Capricorn son. And uh, she only started swimming about a year and a half ago. And to see her progress very incremental from, from that period to now has been really incredible. And it's, it's kind of something that's taught me the value of, of patience and kind of seeing how a Capricorn really, how that Capricorn energy really operates. And it's not going to be forced. Like um, I've had to learn, you know, I get really enthusiastic about things and I get really like fired up. And in the beginning of her career, I guess you could call it, I got really fired up and, you know, I was thinking, oh, she's going to be in the Olympic Games and things like that. And I had to really back off and, and see that her, the way that she was making progress was very slow and steady. And she was the, the tortoise, not the hare. And, but guess who wins the race in the end? It's the tortoise. And, and I, had, I really felt a really, um, you know, an appreciation for that, especially today when I saw you know, the progress that she was making and, and really proud of the work that she's put in. She works really hard. She goes to practice and she shows up every day. Um, she puts the work in and that's really how you're going to manifest Saturn things right now. Um, you got to put the work in. You got to show up every day. You got to be okay with incremental progress rather than with progress that's happening all at once. Um, that's not how Saturn works. That's not how Capricorn, that's not how the birth channel of Capricorn works either. And we're getting a lesson with this um, as every planet this summer is moving into that opposition. It's like every area of our life. Now, now keep in mind, every planet that's gone through uh, that particular opposition, except for the sun, rules two houses in our charts. So there's two areas of our life that have gone into this grinder energy and have we've had to really under, try to understand that Oh, I have to be patient. Oh, I can't get everything that I want right away. I may have to change my structure and wait and be okay with incremental progress. So this week, I want you to look at the two houses ruled by Venus. Those two houses are going to be the Libra ruled house and the Taurus ruled house. So wherever you're at in this particular chart, if we just look at our screen here, I've got a Taurus rising chart here. It'll be the first house and the sixth house. So if you have a Taurus rising, for example, it may be how you identify personally and how, that things related to your body. And with the sixth house, it may be how you s provide service or work that you do that you may not get a ton of credit for or bad fortune that is befalling you or perhaps your daily routines if you want to think it, about it in a more modern context. Those type of things, maybe you may have to you know, really slow down. Like maybe you had some sort of injury that's forcing you to slow, slow the F down 
and really be okay with incremental progress. A lot of mistakes can be avoided just by taking well-considered actions. I think that one of the biggest things that we do and the biggest glitches that we have are from just, you know, burning through our life and not really taking the time to, to think about what we're doing and the direction that we're heading and, and to reflect. Um, all these Capricorn, I'm sorry, all these cancer placements are asking us to be reflective, like the light of the moon. And then the Capricorn placements are asking us to, to build to, uh, and also to break down, break down and to build, okay? Because the building happens after the breakdown. And if you can use that south node energy to, to break things down, the old structures, you're going to be able to build something better uh, or different. I mean, really different. I, I guess better is a judgment call. Uh, but really, your life is, is about change. And when you can come to terms with the things that are moving in and out of your life and become part of that cycle and, part of, and accept those, those spinnings, you save yourself a lot of suffering. I like to say that you can't avoid pain sometimes, but you can avoid suffering. And suffering is, I think, something we create. Suffering is created through the resistance of the actions that we are experiencing. When you accept the pain and when you move through the pain rather than paddle upstream against it, you embrace it, you let it change you, that's when you're going to be at your best. That's when you're going to realize that that was something that was helping you on your journey and moving forward. Sometimes it just sucks. Sometimes there's things that are just terrible and we have to learn to, you know, bear with times of evil. This is something that they talk about in the I Ching. There's a one particular hexagram. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's talking about, you know, enduring times of, of evil. There, that's just, it's just how the world works. We've got a little bit of light in the dark and a little bit of dark in the light. And you've got to hold on to that little spark of light when you're experiencing a difficult time. Recognize that that darkness is feeding the opposite change. That's another thing to keep in mind with these oppositions. We talked about last week that sometimes the oppositions are just a immovable brick wall stalemate. And other times the oppositions are the two planetary energies flowing in and out of each other like the yin and the yang. So we can see that they are, are a lot of this junk that we're dealing with is planting the seed for the new change. And we're seeing that through the, the things that are coming up in the news too. Going through a lot of difficult news, news cycles here. And, and to be honest with you, it's not going to get any easier as we move into uh, an American election here. I, I you know, I remember 2016. It was, a, it was a tough year. And hopefully we've learned something from that. I want you to maybe reflect on where your mindset was in 2016 and think about how you can move through this particular election cycle more gracefully. Uh, I know that it was just very stressful and everybody was kind of losing their mind um, routinely. And I think we have the opportunity to do better this time. We have the opportunity to, to you know, move through whatever changes need to be made more gracefully, with more maturation, hopefully, and hopefully start bridging some of the, the things that divide us rather than creating a wider chasm, a wider gap. That's, that's my hope anyway. That's my idealistic, uh, you know, moon conjoining Jupiter today on Saturday type of uh, visionary hope and belief. Anyway, let's move forward. Let's move forward to Thursday. So we've got uh, 
we talked about Wednesday here, and we talked about the opposition between Venus and, and Saturn. And now we're moving forward into uh, the, end, the rest of that day. We're going to see the moon starting to move into um, out of Capricorn and into the sign of Aquarius. Now, Aquarius is still a Saturn-ruled sign, so some of the, the energy is not going to be shifting completely, but it's going to have a little bit of a different flavor to it. It's still Saturn-ruled. But now the opposition that we're going to be experiencing is between um, Mercury in Leo, retrograde Mercury, and the moon in Aquarius, and also co-present with Mars. So we're triggering, we're triggering a different planet or set of planets now. We're, now we're going to be, the moon's going to be triggering and applying to an opposition with Mercury and Mercury-ruled stuff. And we may be running in headlong into um, having to figure out uh, how our actions fit within the greater altruistic um, group-minded things associated with society and with the more objective, um, you know, scientific type of actions within our life, uh, the, you know, the bird's eye view, and how we are experiencing uh, things personally, subjectively through, through the mercurial view. So if you look at the, um, the Leo and, and Aquarius ruled parts of your chart, you're going to see a balance that needs to be struck between something that you may have a very subjective viewpoint on and something that you may uh, you know, need to have a little bit more of a um, bird's eye view with. Uh, for in this particular chart, we've got that happening over the first and seventh house aspect a, a, axis. Sorry, so we may be experiencing uh, in in this particular chart. This is just an example where there may be a very subjective personal view uh, that is coming across a very subjective partner. Then there's a balance that has to happen with that. So take a look at your chart and see where um, that that subjectivity versus objectivity type of thing is going to be happening as well. This is also true for the Cancer Capricorn axis. There's a subjectivity in Cancer versus an objectivity in in Capricorn. So it's it's just a little bit of a different vibe. Uh, it's a more um, externalized thing, whereas it may be more personal across the uh, more internal across the Cancer Capricorn axis. Now it becomes externalized across the Leo Aquarius axis because that is a diurnal a diurnal axis, a masculine sign. It may be more more actions out in the world rather than than happening privately. Um, so t be on, be on the, the lookout for that uh, starting, you know, that's going to happen around 7.30 a.m. on Wednesday the 17th. Um, we're going to be moving, as we move through the day, we're going to see the moon move into a square with Uranus, okay, at about six degrees. So we've got the moon at six degrees Aquarius and Uranus at six degrees Taurus. And this is going to be, you know, activating, uh, you know, some sort of square in your own chart. And anytime the moon is touching upon Uranus, we talked about this earlier, this is an opportunity for you to kind of re-examine the structures in your life that you are, that are your foundation. And a lot of the things that you may have been going through over the beginning of the week, maybe now it's time to, to be innovative again. Uh, I guess... Try not to be too erratic with the actions that you take when you have a moon Uranus square. You may really feel the impulse to make, you know, another very bold change. And that can be invigorating at times. I would just say that it's, it's you know, I tend to be pretty cautious with things and I want to make those changes. Uh, I want to roll them out a little, dole them out a little bit at a time. 
you know, and this is partly because I have moon in Taurus and I want to dole thing, everything out a little bit at a time. Um, but that may be something that you, you are trying to, to work through in the middle of the week here too, is what kind of new changes are you going to be experiencing and how does it fit into the grand scheme of your role within society? How does it fit into um, the, the Aquarian ruled area of your chart? Um, so, so meditate on that this, this week as well. As we move into Thursday, uh, we're still, according to the eightfold moon phase, we're still in the, moon, the, the, uh, the full moon phase. But what we're going to be experiencing on Thursday is, is around 2 a.m. on Thursday. The moon is going to be coming to this point at, at 10 degrees of Aquarius. And it's doing two things. The first thing it's doing is it is coming into a condition where it is escaping. It's called escaping the bond. Remember we talked about the moon being under the bond in the beginning. All right. So when the moon was under the bond in the beginning, it, was with, it became within 15 degrees of the opposition. Now we see the sun at 25 degrees Cancer and the moon at 10 degrees Aquarius, which is uh, 25, I'm sorry, 15 degrees away from the opposition, okay? So it's escaping that 15 degree zone that really weakens the moon and keeps things kind of hidden. So it's like there's something revealed on Thursday from all of the, the, the stuff that's been happening behind the scenes. Once the moon escapes the bonds, uh, we're going to be able to see kind of it, th things are really coming to light. You know, the full moon is when things come to light in general, but we're really going to see the revelation of that when the moon escapes the bonds. Now, one of the things that happens right as the moon escapes the bonds is it comes into an opposition with Mars. Uh, fun. So it's like, okay, uh, something came to light. It was uh, very interesting. It had a, a Saturn-Pluto flavor to it, and now it's running headlong into Mars, which has a severing quality. So there may be something that that you came to a realization and now something has to go and Mars is going to be the catalyst to like have the, uh, the removal of that. So think about that. Um, as I meditate on this, that sounds a lot like uh, a tooth having to be removed. Um, I'm going to knock on wood here, <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? Can you tell that I'm, that's on my mind? Anyway, um, so we're seeing uh, the moon moving headlong into Mars. Um, Mars is also my time lord for the year, and it's parked right in my first house right now of the body. So whatever. If I have to Saturn up, fine. Uh, and if, if not, if there's something else that means something else, equally fine. Uh, so moon is going right into that opposition with, set, with uh, Mars. Something may have to go. Mars is the catalyst for the removal. And then we're going to be moving past that as we move forward into a sextile, sorry, with, uh, with Jupiter. So that's going to happen uh, right around 11.53 a.m. And that's a much nicer aspect, okay? That's a little bit of a, a supportive trine, I'm sorry, sextile, which was of the nature of Venus in the Hellenistic tradition. So you can see we've got this sextile right here. There's our symbol for it, the little like little star kind of thing. And that is of the nature of 
happiness, which is harmonizing, supportive, okay? And, you know, so maybe you've, you've figured out what needs to stay, what needs to go, and you feel hope for the future because you get to keep your wisdom. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so fixated on it. No, it'll be fine. Um, you, you, you get, maybe you have a little bit of hope after you, you figure out, okay, this has to go, and you have that little bit of a buzz, all right, um, because you know that whatever uh, you determined uh, in that previous cycle is going to liberate you and help you move forward on your journey. It's a, a kind of a liberation type of energy. All right, and with the sextile, it's it's a it's a brief energetic type of thing, and it's not a super super like big flashy aspect, but it's something where you could say, okay, now I know what I've got to do. I've got hope for the future. Let's move forward. All right, so that is around lunchtime on Thursday, and then we're going to be uh, as we move into the afternoon. Let me clear this. We're going to see. Venus come into a trine with Neptune. Venus, Neptune. Okay, remember uh, trines, little triang tri triangles, <laughs> triagonal, triangle, <laughs> little triangles um, are of the nature of Jupiter. Okay, the greater benefic, and this is a very harmonious aspect between Venus and Neptune. Um, this is the, I think this is, the notes I have for this one is an ideal, idealization of the, the love instinct of, of where we are going with maybe our relationships. Um, perhaps there is, a, you know, some heightened feelings after some kind of denial or absence. If the Venus-Saturn aspect was you were being denied something that you wanted, maybe that after we've passed the opposition, you found out how to make a compromise with that or, or to resolve that. And now we're moving into this energy where we are, uh, we have this vision of this idealized love or something like that. And I, I, something that I wrote down was like, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So maybe if your beloved is, is off somewhere and you're not able to connect, you have these fantasies about how you could be together and because you were denied, those fantasies are probably going to be really um, exaggerated. So, you know, don't, you don't have to get like engaged or something like that, like over the internet or something. If you, if you feel like you, oh, we can't be together because I live on this coast and you live on that coast, but, but let's, you know, create this new life together or something like you have to be real careful with that with, with Venus and Neptune it may just manifest as some kind of really pleasant afternoon. Maybe it's a really good time to go see a movie or something like that. Uh, Neptune was associated with illusion. So using it in a positive way may, may be a great time for creativity, um, for you know, experiencing uh, a healthy illusion, which movies tend to be. So maybe you take the afternoon and go, go sit on the beach or, or go, go to the pool, something like that, or go to a movie. Um, that could be a positive manifestation of that. Um, yeah, or maybe you have a fight with, with Venus stuff and then it's the makeup period. You know, it could be, could be that as well. So think about that for your Thursday. Uh, as we move forward into Friday, the 19th, the moon is still going to be in Aquarius, but it is moving 
into the sign of Pisces. So we're getting to the end of our week here. And we have this really interesting thing that's going to be happening um, pretty soon. Is we're going to talk about Mercury at the end of this video. Um, but before that, let's 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 talk about Friday. Um, at 3:07 a.m. on Friday, actually, this is a great time to talk about Mercury since that aspect happens first. At 3:07 a.m. on Friday, we see Mercury move back into the domicile of the moon, a.k.a. Cancer, the sign of Cancer. So he is moving, Hermes is moving out of the domicile of the sun and back into the lunar realm, okay? So here is the, the, the sun-ruled domicile. Here is the lunar-ruled domicile. And there's some really cool things that are happening with Mercury. Mercury is going to be making its inferior conjunction with the sun. Okay, what does that mean? Well, I have a video that, that explores the synodic cycles of, of Mercury, if you want to check that out. It's one of the first videos I posted on my channel. But the gist of it is this. Uh, when we have, let's say the sun is here. Boom, there's the sun at the horizon. And Mercury can either be above it, okay, above the horizon, or below the horizon in relationship to that sun, okay? So this is the diurnal Mercury when it is above the sun, the DI, and this is the nocturnal Mercury, okay? This is the one where it's very visible uh, if it's outside of the beams. And this is where it's kind of the, you know, the cycle pump where it is in the underworld doing its, doing its business in the underworld and coming into the furnace. If we're, if we're going retrograde, as Mercury is right now, it's moving in this direction back into a conjunction with the sun. Mercury also uh, comes into a conjunction with the sun from a superior position from the diurnal direction here. That's the superior conjunction, soup. I'm going to put soup here. When it's coming from the nocturnal place, it's called the inferior conjunction, INF. Okay? And Mercury never gets too far away from the sun. It, it, you know, it goes a little bit further afield, and then it starts to retrograde and comes back into conjunction with the sun. So what we're dealing with right now is a very old Mercury. Mercury is at the end of a cycle, all right? The inferior, as we're moving towards the con inferior conjunction, Mercury is ancient. He's, it's like the balsamic moon phase of Mercury, okay? The balsamic phase of Mercury. So we're, we're wrapping up old stuff. We're wrapping up old junk. Um, we had the, the Kazemi, I'm pretty sure it was earlier in the year, um, in Aquarius. Don't hold me to that because I don't quite remember when the last Kazemi was, but it was a while ago. Okay. I think it was in Aquarius. Um, but now we're moving into this Kazemi moment, this rebirth, so to speak, of Mercury with the sun. Now, this is a vulnerable time to be Mercury. 
He's moving really slow. When he's doing the inferior conjunction here, he is slowing way, way down. Slow. He's very slow. Okay. When he's making the superior conjunction, he's moving very fast. So that's why right now you can see Venus is coming into this direction from the morning star phase into a conjunction with the sun. And that's why Venus is moving super fast. Venus is direct. It's moving into a conjunction with the sun. It's moving very fast. Venusian matters are popping. They're popping. Venus is popping right now. But Mercury is like, oh boy, I'm sick. I'm, I'm laying down on my bed. I need a rest. I'm an old man. I'm ready to die and be reborn in the new cycle. Okay? Venus is still like a, a, a young spry, uh, you know, tart. <laughs> I don't know what, what would you call a young spry Venus, a tart, a tartlet. <laughs> but, uh, but this is old man Mercury right now. And uh, so the cool thing is, is we're going to get this kind of, um, you know, this, this cleansing quality to Mercury. And you may see like this, I want you to really pay attention to what's being born um, as Mercury comes into the conjunction with the sun on early Friday morning, late Thursday, early Friday morning, um, because this is going to be something that you're going to want to look at for the whole next Mercury cycle that lasts for however, however many months. So there's something that wants to be born in the Mercury-ruled part of your chart and also in the, the Cancer-ruled part of your chart, okay? Because that conjunction is happening in Cancer and, you know, Mercury is going to be ruling two parts of your, of your chart. In this particular chart, uh, we have Gemini rising, uh, in this, just whatever I've got on the screen. So Mercury will be ruling both the first house of Gemini and the fourth house of Virgo. So those two things are going to be connected. If, if, this, if this was a chart of a baby being born or, or this was your chart, you may have a new start happening with your personality and with your uh, residence or with your family of origin. And it may be related to some of your resources because it would be happening in the second house sign of cancer. So that's one way to kind of look at your own chart and see, oh man, what the heck is this going to be all about? All right, just just recognize that when Mercury is uh, going into this uh, inferior conjunction, it's it's not really strong yet. There is this this condition called Kazemi when it is within, and there's there's uh, a little bit of a debate on this in historical things. And that's what, when, when in the Hellenistic tradition, when Mercury is within one degree of the sun, um, and that's said to be in the heart of the sun, in the medieval tradition, it, was, it had to be very tight. It was like within 17 minutes, okay? So either one degree or 17 minutes. Um, and that was like a, when it was just in the belly of the furnace and it was all the, all the dross was being burned off and it's going to be reborn out on the other side. All right. Did I make enough notes on this? Maybe I did. I'm going to clear all that away. Now, here's what's going on. As we see Mercury moving into the heart of the sun, right? What is that Kazemi moment? That's not... Hmm. There it is. No? Come on, Mercury. Maybe, maybe I have my, my time wrong on that. Because it's not going. 
There we go. I'm just cycling through all of it. There it is. All right. Well, our exact Kazemi moment looks to be uh, on Sunday. Yep. On Sunday, 8.35 a.m. Yeah, I have it right in my notes. Sorry. See, Mercury? Mercury's trying to get me. Um, well, let's back up just on Saturday for a second before I, I talk at length at that. Not a whole lot of things happening on Saturday. The moon is going to be in Pisces. It's going to be making a little sextile to Uranus at, at 6.16 a.m. Uh, and then the moon is going to be moving into its disseminating phase around 6 p.m. Um, when it is uh, between 135 degrees and 90 degrees behind the sun. So we're moving out of that full moon phase and into a disseminating phase, which is about kind of like distributing your ideas and figuring out how do you, you know, you've learned something, something has come to light. And now you've got this fruit. You had a flower cycle at the full moon, and now you've got this fruiting cycle that is happening, and we're, we're figuring out what we're going to do. Are we going to eat the fruit? Are we going to give it away? Are we going to share our, our ideas that we learned? Um, it's all about kind of like dis distribution of, of whatever came to light. So that's something that we might be experiencing on Saturday. Now, Sunday is jam-packed with aspects. So the end of the weekend here, we've got all sorts of stuff happening. First of all, we have the, the, the moon is making a, let's back up for a second and I'll get to the Kazemi moment because we're going to have that Kazemi moment at 28 degrees cancer. Um, but to start out, you see we have a, a square between the moon and Jupiter and there is reception between them because the moon is in Jupiter's sign. So even though there's a square between them and that's generally of the nature of Mars and there's a kind of a separate separation kind of quality. This might not be as bad because they, uh, the moon is, is having a direct line to its host or to its steward, and there may be some, a, a nice kind of aspect between those two planets, a nice communication between the lunar significations of, of growth and, and of bodily influences and of nurturing and Jupiter, um, which has a very expansive life-giving quality to it as well. So those two things uh, it might be fairly harmonious. So we move past that. That's happening very, uh, very early on Sunday. So that may just, you know, the manifestation of that may be, hey, you have some good dreams tonight uh, if you're in the East Coast like me or the Eastern part of the country. Um, I'm actually in the Midwest, not on the East Coast. So as we move forward, we're going to see a sextile um, with Saturn. Okay, not a, not a huge deal, but we may be, you know, this is kind of happening during sleepy time. Um, maybe you have a really good dream and then maybe you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh man, I was having some, a really good dream. And you, you, you ever get that feeling when you wake up and you're like, man, I want to go back to sleep and dream that dream again because you, you got ran smack into reality. So that may happen over the evening. Uh, and then we're going to be seeing at 4.30 a.m. Huh, our Poor little Venus. Oh no, Venus. Oh no, Venus. Venus is running into an opposition with Pluto. And depending on what time zone you're in, it's a rough week for Venus. I'm going to say, like, Venus is going through the gauntlet this week. So we got an opposition from Venus to Pluto. So a lot of times, Venus Pluto things can be power dynamics within relationships things bubbling up from the surf, the, the underworld um, with Pluto involved. Um, there may be, uh, we'd be dealing with a, a, 
a struggle for dominance within a relationship potentially, uh, or maybe secrets that are revealed. Uh, this is kind of the skeletons in the closet type of uh, type of aspect with Venus coming into contact with Pluto. So just be careful of that energy. Um, be really kind to your significant others and the people in your life and your family. Try not to to play power games with them. Ultimately, that's always going to come back to bite you in the butt. Uh, Mutual respect is a great way to get through these power dynamics and, and really check in with yourself and say, hmm, is my desire nature getting inflamed right now with uh, underhanded, dark-sided you know, tendencies? Am I playing fair? Am I playing above board? Um, and th- this is a question we're going to be asking as a collective right now too, is uh, how, do we, how do we deal with some of these, these conflicts um, without using all these c- completely nefarious methods. And this comes back to just really just human decency. I think this is another real theme for all of this is how can we just be uh, decent human beings to one another, whether we believe in something or not. Belief is a dangerous thing. It's also a wonderful thing. Uh, it depends on how you wield it. So how are you going to wield your beliefs in this upcoming cycle? And I don't know. To me, love wins. Love wins. Love always wins. Or should. I I think that that's really something to connect with is if you're coming from a place of love and from, uh, you know, strong, you know, uh, heart-centered awareness, that's going to get you through the more gnarly uh, types of things that we may be experiencing. Um, So check in with yourself. uh, Look in the mirror a little bit and really discern if you're using you know uh, a power dynamic or trying to control people especially in relationships because you don't want to do that it's better if things are equal and fair and balanced and you're treating people with respect okay that's merc that's uh venus sorry uh opposing pluto uh at six that's 4 30 a.m or so um at 6 46 a.m the moon is going to conjoin neptune I told you it was a, it was a really uh, active day, even before it gets started. So we're just like, we may wake up like hungover from our dream life. <laughs> There's our hangover aspect, right? Or maybe just from Saturday night in general. I don't know what you guys just party too hard with Venus opposing Pluto and you're like, I'm staying up all night. You're going to pull a rager. Uh, you're going to wake up with the most, you know, moon, Neptune, headache. Um, Neptune rules poison. So this may be kind of the aspect where you overdid it and you're like, oh boy, I'm just in a fog as I wake up in the morning. So just be careful of that. That's a a possibility as we move through the um, beginning of Sunday. So we got a moon-Neptune conjunction here. Um, We also have uh, the... Now now we're going to talk about the sun making that, that Kazemi aspect. And that hap- that's exact at 8.35 a.m. Okay, so let's take a look at that. Around here, okay. And now you can see that the sun and Mercury are almost exactly conjunct, and they will be conjunct exactly uh, at 8.35 a.m. Eastern time. So this is Mercury going right into the furnace. Um, it is the rebirth. It is the new Mercury cycle. It is also very, very slow, and this is somebody who is 
you know, been on their sick bed for a long time and they're, they're finally, it's like the, you know, maybe the, the butterfly has been struggling and struggling and it's starting to emerge from the cocoon, right? But it's not, the wings aren't dry yet. It's vulnerable. It's, it can't even fly because it's weighed down with all the mucus and junk in the cocoon. You know, it's ready to be reborn again, but it's, it's in a vulnerable state. And it's uh, very susceptible to predators and things like that. So just be real, real aware that Mercury is, yes, it's going through the rebirth phase, but you know, anything going through that kind of energy is, has a vulner, uh, an inherent vulnerability to it. So you, you might want, not want to take all the, all the actions right away and wait till Mercury gains some steam again. Or, you know, you know plant the seed. Plant the seed and then you know, take the concrete actions as Mercury kind of gains a little bit of her, uh, you know, mojo back, okay? Uh, let's see. At the end of the day, we're going to have the moon making a sextile to Pluto. Okay. So we're seeing Mercury, I'm sorry, moon moving through Pisces, sextiling to Pluto, which is a harmonious aspect from that. That might help you make some of the changes that you need after you realize that you overdid it on Saturday. You're like, I'm never doing that again. It could be like, the, um, I'm just not going to, I made a mistake. I vow not to do this again, like <laughs> until you do it the next time. Um, and then we're going to see the moon make a nice trine in the afternoon to, to Venus. So, so this is kind of the little reward that we get at the end of the end of the weekend after the, the challenges that we went through. Um, after Venus goes through that opposition with Pluto, after we do the dirty work and the hard work of bringing up all the gunk to the surface to be dealt with, then we get this nice little trine aspect between the moon and Venus. And that is a great way to end your Sunday afternoon. They're both in water signs. Uh, they are both of the night sect, so they are sect mates. They like they get along with each other. Um, this may be just a great time to to relax, recharge the batteries, and get ready for Leo season, <laughs> which is going to happen on Monday as the sun moves out of the watery abode of Cancer and into the fiery flames of Leo, and gains a lot of dignity actually as well. It's going to be said to be in its home sign of Leo, and we're going to have a much stronger sun, and it's going to move out of all that you know, Saturn-Pluto junk as we move into the, the Leo season here. I, you know what the cool thing about this is? Uh, this is the last week, I think. Uh, well, not the last week, but this is probably, to me, this is the, the hard... We, we've gone through a few hard weeks here. All these planets are going through you know, their cycles and I think this is the last like really super hard week. And I think things start to lighten up as we move past this week. So here's my final thoughts for you. And thank you for indulging me in, with your time today. Uh, be patient with yourself and other people. Always a good thing to do. Recognize that you've come extraordinarily far on your journey this summer. Uh, you went through, you've been through and are going through a, a new chapter marker where there's something new that wants to be born. You are a butterfly emerging from the cocoon. The wings are still wet, 
and you're trying to find your footing within the new things that have been revealed uh, at the at the new moon that you initiated the solar eclipse and then that came sort of to fruition um, through that transitionary phase between the two eclipses and then came to a head at the full moon. And now you're starting at the end of the week to really get your foothold on the new reality and the new chapter and what it requires of you. And you've come a long way. And I think that I want to give you a a hand and some applause for the work that you've all been doing. And because it's a lot of work. Cancer or Capricorn access, it's a cardinal sign. A lot of, this is really active stuff. And this is really fundamental stuff too. This is like our families and our societies. And I mean, every sign is important, but these are really like, especially in America, because we're a Cancerian country and we, these are values that we have really deeply ingrained as home and family and like, and, but also some ambition and social climbing and things like that. So we've really been going through the mill as an American country. And I hope that by the end of this, some things have come to light. Some, some evils have been, been uh, you know, righted. Some wrongs were righted. Some evils were, you know, some darkness was shown the light. And, you know, some, some vampires perhaps were, you know, melted in the sun or something like that where we've moved through some of the darkness. And I think this is, at the end of this week, I think we're starting to see some of the return of the light. Now, we're not completely out of the woods yet because we've got the conjunction of Saturn and Pluto that we're still moving to and, you know, it's election season. But I think the end of the summer is a good time to, like, relax, to uh, lick your wounds a little bit, really establish that whatever the new thing that is coming into play and maybe enjoy yourself just a little bit more and have a little bit of a lighthearted uh, end of the summer. So that's what I've got for today. Thank you all for listening. And I hope that you have a very good week and end of eclipse season here. And recognize again that it, it is this too shall pass. This is the last part of it. You've all done great. And we're all going to get through it together. All right. So take care, everybody. We'll see you next time during Leo season and have a great day.